Hello, and welcome back to the Careers Mayor podcast. The Careers podcast is also a comedy podcast, if you can believe it, where we talk to a different special guest every two weeks about their working life and then work with them to create a bespoke dream job. I'm Jacob, and my co-host is the tallest man in Bristol, Jordan Andrews. How are you doing, Jordan? I can barely see you from up here, Jacob. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty well, thanks. I've moved house now, and that's all calming down a bit. I'm settling in. So this is the first bit of podcast stuff I'm recording in a new house, which is fun. I'm sure you can tell, listeners, you know, the different acoustics. It was obvious right from the start. but Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could tell, mainly because I can see you, and you've told me. That's cheating. <laughs> you look very... um. Uh, you look very snug, Jordan, if I may say so. Yeah, I've um, I've, I've just woken up to tell you the truth, Jacob, because <laughs> um, I was on a I was on a pretty heavy night out in uh, in Cardiff last night, and um, I was meant I was meant to just have a little afternoon nap um, to set me right, and uh, I put my head down on the pillow at quarter past four, and then I uh, woke up to missed calls from you at half eight saying. Where are you? We need to we need to record the intro and outro. Um, yeah, thanks. I wasn't going to bring it up, but it's I guess <laughs> it's good for the listeners to know who is really dedicated to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a I'll do it on the night kind of guy, but you're 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 the you're the organised one here. Yeah, I mean, you wanted to do it live, didn't you? This podcast, really. Yeah, I mean, I've got a whole studio audience in my bedroom right now. I don't know what I'm meant to do with them, Jacob. Well, it's not work for some, isn't it? <laughs> Could you list off their names for me? Um, there's John, Jacob, Jingleheimer, Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? That sounds familiar. His name is my name too. Do you remember? You know that song? No, I've definitely heard that in like a TV show. That name, mm. not the song, I don't think. So yeah, a little mystery already. It's a mysterious <laughs> episode already, <laughs> bursting with mystery. Um, and our special guest this week is a very good friend of ours. Um, she was the president of the Southampton Comedy Society uh, when we were also there. You might be getting deja vu listening to this, and that's because Anand Sankar, who was our guest on episode four, was the vice president of the society at the same time. So um, you can see there's a pattern here. Eva is in the top three funniest people I've ever met, I would say quite confidently. We recorded this episode with her when she was performing at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe back in August, and she was a little bit ill at the time, so it was very good of her to still deliver an episode, which when I was editing it, I genuinely got a headache from laughing <laughs> twice. Just listening back to it, uh, you're in for a real treat today. She's extremely funny. She's just a great all-round careers mayor guest and she has some fantastic uh <laughs> fantastic stories from her relatively short life so far uh which i'm really looking forward to getting getting uh, getting on to really i think uh, we can just go on to onto the episode really if you're happy jordan there's yeah. anything you want to say first and make it all about yourself um i'm really tired and hung over <laughs> but i suppose i suppose we'll talk to eva go on, get her on like i care one other thing to note actually is we were a bit scared because we nearly lost 
this episode yeah um, which was a bit of a scare um the software we use to record this podcast doesn't particularly like it if you don't have a wonderful state-of-the-art internet connection and because eva was staying in a flat in edinburgh uh, where it was less than ideal the software simply refused to record all of her audio so after a panicked hour the company that uh, provides the software managed to locate a pretty low quality backup of her audio so it's fine i've done my best you know to mix it and make it sound all right um but if you hear anything weird in the audio blame that company that i will not name don't blame us we're really great actually yeah and don't blame me because i'm so sleepy and hungover me yeah. me 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 yeah. oh <laughs> no jordan oh dear <laughs> well you know, we should keep it light. It's been a tragedy so far and it's about to turn into a comedy. So hit it. We normally start, we normally go in chronological order before ending up at your dream job. When you were really little, what was your first time when you thought, this is what I'd want to do when I was grown up? I think it was probably a zookeeper. I think it was zookeeper. <laughs> I've always wanted oh, to be nice. working with animals. Yeah, I don't think there was any kind of grand ambitions for doctor or anything like that. But just something with animals, I think. So zookeeper was the, the classic, the staple one, I think. Good. And <laughs> did you did you have pets? Yes, I had uh at that time i had a dog a cat that sort of just found us kind of adopted us um some rabbits and we had some ducks as well yeah there was a lot oh, of wow. animals and a hamster so yeah yeah I did. wow did you live in the country yeah this is when i lived in must yeah lived in wales so lots of space ah. and garden and stuff and there was also again this is another tangent but there was also because this was a tiny village in wales and up, but up the road was um, a, chi- a chimp sanctuary for chimps. <laughs> um, so for chimps, for chimps. Um, but there weren't just chimps. That was a big deal. So, so yeah, there was lots of chimps and gibbons and wolves, and um, what? <laughs> there were wolves there. Yeah, and um, lots of different other animals, basically. So I think that was a big thing as well that sparked it because that was, you know, quite a common event to go up to the chimp sanctuary. So they had chimps and then gibbons and then presumably the wolves were in separate (laughs) enclosures. I think even the chimps and the gibbons (laughs) were in separate enclosures, actually. I think it was chimps, gibbons, wolves. There were, um, what are they, the scary ones. uh, I I want to say bamboo, but that's not it. Baboons. And like goats. Yeah, and stuff baboons like are quite scary. Yeah. I think they're they're the ones that seem the most unpredictable. Yeah. Like they suddenly just flip out and and also they don't look as much like people as apes do. So Yeah, yeah. I th- I think the first time I heard like one of those stories about like there's people in America who have pet mm. chimps and they're fine for a while and then they suddenly like go berserk yeah. and like maul the people who yeah. own them. 
ever since I heard that even I've basically been terrified <laughs> of the idea of being anywhere near anything more than like a tiny monkey without <laughs> it being in a cage I think that's reasonable I think I wouldn't have wanted to be in the enclosure with the chimps as much as they were I loved them yeah a bit scary so so you wanted to be a zookeeper mm, yeah um how how long did that dream last for or is that well, did that continue throughout your childhood or did things change priorities change i think so i think that's probably always been on the back burner i think throughout i thought oh I'd, i would like to work with animals whether that would be some point i thought well, maybe i could go and volunteer and somewhere or it kind of stayed fairly the same i don't know if it was necessarily always going to be zookeeper but i did want to work with animals but then um after university when i didn't have a job I um, did some volunteering for like a local zoo, like a local um, kind of endangered species zoo thing down the road. And it was horrible and I hated it. And the people weren't very nice and they didn't oh, really yeah. respect the animals very much. And um, that, that was you, just really weird. Can you, can you tell the story that I love about how, you having to feed the big cats? Yeah, it, Yeah, the big cats. Was that the... Because you said that was one of the more soul-destroying parts when you had to feed yeah. the animals, like, sort of dead other animals. But I can't yeah. quite remember the story. Which, which you'd think, I did understand and comprehend that that would be something that you would do. But I had they gave that job to me every every time. <laughs> that was my only job. So it, And I started having to think of, like, do I need to say, like, little prayers each time I do this? <laughs> Will that make it any better? And it didn't. <laughs> But basically, there was lots of things. So there was like, I don't want to get too gruesome. But there was like, oh, there was like little um, so the ducklings, basically, and baby chicks, that baby chicks that you'd have to, <laughs> oh no, you'd have to explode them. Basically, is the best way I can put it. You squish them enough that the insides, <laughs> it's horrible. I'm out. You. Okay, I'm going to say it very simply, and I, if there's too much, you can cut it out. But you'd have to yeah, twist the heads off, twist the heads off, explode them, get the stuff, get the yolk out, because they've still got a yolk in them when they're that small. Twist the head off, get the yolk out, cut, cut it into pieces. That's dinner. And then there was rabbits. That's dinner. So I could quite, yeah, that's dinner. So I could quite successfully <laughs> gut a rabbit now, I think, still. Um, that wasn't very nice either, but it was less And did you say scary. that to yourself when you'd finished? Did you say that's dinner just quietly that's to yourself dinner. every time you finished doing <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, maybe that, that might make me feel better as well. But no. <laughs> yeah. um, Just say, oh, that's dinner. Ah, that's dinner. <laughs> yeah, um... Someone across horrible. the room says, what? And you what? go, oh, nothing. <laughs> you wanted to be a zookeeper and then that that crumbled mm. to dust because of the, well, because of the chicks that crumbled to dust by your hand. Yeah, I've done that. Um, I've done that bad. <laughs> Got to repay it. Um, but if we're yeah, if we're working in chronological order, mm. what was your first job that you ever had? I think it was um so I was volunteering like as an usher at the theatre like a little local theatre. So that I don't know if that would count as a job, but it did feel like a job. 
on so to go and do on it. universal credit it would count as uh, work search okay. requirements so okay. uh, yeah voluntary work does count yeah Great. and was Great. that as an was that as an usher impersonator or in someone <laughs> yes. who I didn't do chose very people well to it. their seats yes <laughs> could um, you give both. us a quick usher <laughs> impression <laughs> i don't even know what any of his songs are <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sounds so, so, so like you were shit at your job. Yeah, right? I didn't do well. I had no idea I was trying to be Usher. I had no idea. <laughs> could you give um, us... Uh, what? Could, sorry, Jordan. I know that you're the only one out of the three of us who'll know any Usher songs. Can you enlighten us about who Usher is? Can you give us a quick impression? Um, do you know what he talks like? Let, oh, I'd, he sings Let It Burn. Let It Burn. Let it burn. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Can't hold back the burn. <laughs> Let it burn. Ouch. Let it burn. Oh, owie. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. That's uh... <laughs> that's um, so... cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. So was that was that like a what like a volunteering to show people yeah like, to be an usher because that was the next sort of thing after the I would say after the zookeeping was wanting to do something theatrical um right okay dramery so i did a lot of drama clubs um and that was like the next thing of like oh well if i get into rushing i might be able to then work but that was this was while i was still in school so it wasn't like a big thing but yeah so i'd go and show people to their seats and then sit at the back watching stuff it was all right it was okay it was quite yeah i don't know it wasn't that rewarding i'll say but it was it was fine it's what i thought i needed to do at the time to sort of get ingratiated into that community um yeah because you're getting closer and closer to the stage aren't you because like if you're yeah. showing people to their seats in the front <laughs> yeah. row eventually you can just hop up onto the stage yeah they won't even <laughs> realize you've made it. yeah then yes. <laughs> do your one woman show yeah were you wanting yeah. to do at that stage like like serious dramatic stuff was that what you're imagining or were you well, thinking of comedy at that stage well what had happened was i think um i'd done it this is a bit of a winding thing but at school we had a history teacher who would put, make us put on little history plays little history history sketches every week which is like the best thing ever in my mind and every week i'd get in a group and be like the boss and we'd make it <laughs> funny it couldn't not be funny it had to be funny in my head but I don't know I didn't know why and then during drama I'd do stuff but it would always end up being funny well trying to be make it funny but then so then I joined a drama group and again I did enjoy the acting like drama reacting bits but I always got more reward out like I always felt it was more rewarding when I could make people laugh so I suppose I think any kind of performance I, I would enjoy. And that's what I did with the ushering. I wanted to kind of get into it, like Amdram and stuff like that, um, because I really enjoyed the general drama of it. But I would always, if I could get a laugh, try and do that as well. Um, that's like my main tar- like target. Uh, yeah, I I did Amdram stuff as well. That wasn't really a job. Um, but that was a whole part of the ushering. That was the, the same sort of community there was the Amdram and the, that that used that theatre. So that was an in for there as well. What kind of parts did you have? What were some early Eva Wallace performances? I had a part where um, 
so oh what oh wasn't it a lovely was it oh what oh, oh what, a lovely, what a lovely war, war. Yeah, yeah I I had to sing in that a bit and I had to do cartwheels um <laughs> but the the big one that I the, my big sort of break <laughs> which then ended <laughs> up not doing well. anything yeah was in um oh it's a play about these two teachers and it's educating Rita no <laughs> the I same, can't uh, remember bad, bad <laughs> they, teacher yeah, bad teacher. Was it a stage adaptation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, it was like I had to play a little kid in that, and that was like my big thing. Was it called the Children's yeah. Hour? Yes, it was called Children's Hour. That's very good. good. I, just, I googled play about two teachers, and yeah, that was that's it. the first thing that came up. There came you up. go. Yeah, it's Children's Hour. That was it. Yeah, that was a big... My, most lines that I had was in that. Mm-hmm. By Lillian Hellman. Sure. Oh, I like age? her mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> what what age were you then, Eva? That I think was near near GCSE. Actually, I think I have a feeling that was like fifteen or something like that. I okay. was too too old to be playing a, an eight year old. But they had it was either fifteen <laughs> years old or you were seventy. So there was sort of like <laughs> a bit of a gap. So what was your first paid job then? My first paid job was uh, Tesco's. So it was very late in life, actually. I was very mollycoddled and I, I didn't get a job at uni or anything like that or a weekend job. The The job at Tesco's was during the summer after I left uni. That was like, yeah, July to September or something like that. It was not very long and it was like three days a week on the checkouts. And I'd do like three, three and a quarter hours every time. But it was, it felt like it would never end it felt like it was the longest time that i'd ever been anywhere and it's horrible <laughs> i hated it do you have um, any good I'm, uh good stories about that oh no i just get what would happen is i because i'd get a bit stiff um so i'd be sat down for a while and then i'd think oh i'll stand up because sometimes i would take longer shifts and also i would say no to shifts all the time and apparently that's not you don't do that that's not something you should do but I didn't know. Um, but I'd be sat down for a long time. So then I'd stand up sort of doing the checkouts and oh, I'd get all these people because I'm like five, ten, five, eleven. I'd get all these old people going, my goodness, aren't you tall? What are they feeding children these days? And I was like, 20, something, 21. And that was like, a, that just kept going. And, and they kept, like, it was just... A lot of old people, they they wouldn't, they didn't train me at all, basically. And so I kept doing things wrong, but and then getting told like, "This is your first verbal warning." I was like, "Okay, I don't understand what I'm doing, though." <laughs> that's so <laughs> what, extreme. What do you mean? That's, that's so extreme. <laughs> I know. Well, they had to have a sit down meeting. I had to have a sit down meeting. They said, "Now, um, a customer came back with their receipt and said um, and, and showed it to us, and they you'd scan the bread twice." <laughs> so that's a first verbal warning <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry and then the other one was and you put um, all of the money so you have to put the money in these like little like shoot things like these little like container things that you'd put in a shoot or something to, to yeah. lock it up and be safe at night and the one that I was on uh, the little shoot was taped up it was gone it was like don't you can't use this and I had no idea. I just so I just put the little container like on the chute, thinking I don't know what to do with this. And then that was another. That was a verbal warning, I think, because um, obviously someone could have just taken it and stolen it. But I, no one had ever told me what to do with this thing. I had to just pretend like I had to just act like I knew what I was doing. That was horrible. I hated that job, but it got money. You know, it was money. 
So that was my first proper paid job. But it was awful, <laughs> obviously. So How many verbal pro- warnings? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, two verbal warnings in my first job. It was awful. It was scary. Oh, you nearly <laughs> got that written. You nearly got that yeah, two verbal one written. <laughs> I could have put that up on the wall, yeah. <laughs> Shame. So you did that for a bit. You were the the, the bad girl of Tesco. Yeah, um, yeah. The rule breaker, the maverick. Um, <laughs> and then what, what did you uh, what did you move on to after that? Well, I would count as my first proper proper job. It's like five days a week. Um, Full time job was the year after that beginning of the year after um, was in boots opticians. And that's where things really get that's where things really get going, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was I was an optical assistant or something. So I'd do all the tests before you see the optician, all the puff in the air in your eye and all that stuff. And then. Oh, I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Everyone hates that. That's my line. Oh, sorry, everyone hates this. Um, uh, everyone then, hates this. <laughs> yeah. you, you just blowing yeah, in their eyes. Yeah. Spitting air in their eyes. Um, yeah. And like, and then I'd have to sell glasses, like really sell them, you know, big time. Um, that was more interesting. There was more to do and I was busy all day long and it was really stressful. Um, so it wasn't boring, but it was really stressful because there weren't enough of us. And you'd have them to run around doing all sorts. And then you'd have to sell little old ladies loads of different stuff that they didn't need on their glasses. So that felt a bit morally worrying. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I worked, that was the job that I had when... Am I, I, I'm so sorry. Am I allowed to mention COVID? Um, that was when I... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that was <laughs> when COVID happened, like the lockdown happened. That was one of the things we were all like, there's no way they're going to shut boots down, no matter what happens. These this big bosses aren't going to shut boots down. And then they did, and we had to take all the glasses off the walls and put them away. <laughs> and it was really weird. And then when we came back, we had to take them all out again and put them all up again. It was really strange, bizarre. I don't think it's ever happened before at that shop. <laughs> it's weird. I'm too excited about getting you to tell one story that I need to just leap ahead to it, even though it okay, might be yeah, later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. That one, a story you told us once about a guy, and the only way that I can think of telling it to you is basically by saying the punchline of it. So maybe I'll say it and I'll yeah. bleep it out when I edit this so that it won't spoil it. But it was a story yeah. about... Oh. <laughs> I that! <laughs> so, please... This uh... was... This is my first week. So, sadly, I don't mean to ruin anything, but sadly, I was not there when this man came. But this was my first week at Boots. And I was at this very small store to get used to whatever, how everything ran and everything. So, obviously, all these people were, like, in, like just throwing all these like, crazy stories at me. So, someone had come in and said, um, oh, I've got these really weird, like, black marks in my like in my vision wherever I look anyway it's like big black marks in my vision which is really like obviously really dangerous could be all sorts of things and they're doing all the tests and stuff and um basically it got around what it finally revealed was that his friend had told him that um the sunshine is good for your eyes and that and so he took that and thought well if I stare at the sun for an hour a day 
that'll be really good for my eyes. <laughs> and burnt <gasps> a hole in his eyes, in his retinas. Just got burns. <laughs> so all he was looking through when he was looking, it was just burnt in the middle of it. Yeah, it's bad. Really bad. That, surely that was painful for him whilst he was doing it. Yes. I mean, I, you've got to respect the persistence been. to be like, no, I know this is good for me, so I've got this to battle through the pain. Yeah, unbelievable. I know, yeah. But it's, so, it was quite funny. But that's that's literally every child in the world is told when they're little, don't stare at the sun. Yes, he'd obviously missed that bit <laughs> and be told otherwise. It's, I mean, some slip through the nets, don't they? It's, yeah, it's, can't, tell, can't kids, tell everyone, yeah. can you? <laughs> and then there was also, you said that there was a teenage girl who came in because she'd scratched her eye and lost the ability to see colour oh yeah but then so do you want to finish that story? i think this was at specsavers so this is jumping ahead a bit but um yeah she she'd scratched to the whole thing was oh she'd scratched her eye like this is an emergency we've got to try and fit her in somewhere there's no room in the dough but god she's got she scratched her eye and she can't see color anymore this is really weird let's get her in like we have to cram her in somewhere and we're all you know running around and they took her through and then <laughs> did the, all the tests and everything came out and it turns out she, she was fine she she could see color but it was just her mum's birthday and didn't <laughs> didn't want her mum's have a nice birthday <laughs> so she made up this thing about not being able to see color i mean what <laughs> so it's, bizarre reason. it's just to spite her mother <laughs> god but what why would you come up with that idea i don't really know but yeah. yeah, like did, did like was she always planning to fess up after a after a while, or did I like, don't know? I... Did they grill her, or they did they did they say like, oh, we can't see anything wrong with your eye? Are you sure? And then, yeah, I think they I think they must have grilled. Her. I'd love to have been in the room, but yeah, I think they must. I think it was they grilled her and then said like, there's nothing. I think the optometrist probably thought I've never seen anything like this in my career. I think maybe this is not real. <laughs> so <laughs> then, like, dug a bit deeper and found out what the real cause was. But, yeah. Right. Did Pretty they tell impressive. her mum? Oh, the mum, I think mum was in the room with her. That's why it, she, the mum oh, was the one that told us. No. Mum was the one that told us that she'd, um, basically, they'd realised that that was what it was going on. Yeah. They'd found out that was what was going on. Yeah. So mum was very, um, yeah, unhappy. That is... That. That is like next level gold standard pettiness. Yeah, real spite. Real spite. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, what did you good. find? Um, so, I guess they're both customer service jobs, like Tesco and then mm. uh, Boots Opticians. But what did you find? Like your interactions with customers were of a different flavor, or or how did you find it? Um, I think it was a lot of transferable. Like it was just a lot of old people. It's interacting with old people in a way that they they enjoy. You have to sort of become a different person mm-hmm. and talk to them in a different way. It's like talking to children, but um, like for old people, <laughs> you just kind of have to say a lot of the same things over and over again. That would be a lot, yeah, it'd be a lot of the same phrases over and over again, um, and a lot of um, sort of you know saying things that you didn't actually believe, or like talking about the weather when you didn't care about the weather. That's yeah. Sorry, saying yeah. things you didn't believe. Oh like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, just like about what? sort of like they'd, they'd be like, oh, um, nothing. I mean, I'd never sort of ste- like stooped to any sort of horrible levels, but just um, they'd say stuff like, um, 
they're just saying something some sort of like sweeping statement about like i don't know umbrellas or something and you're like oh yeah no definitely i agree with that actually. yeah no you're so right and you don't know why you even i've never thought about it before i don't care about anything to do with umbrellas but you have to agree with them to make them feel good about themselves and then hope they buy glasses or something you know yeah it's um you just sort of have to encourage them in their strange thoughts and did they keep saying oh uh this you're very tall uh what are they feeding <laughs> yeah. children these days <laughs> yeah no they didn't so much actually in that job they didn't so much the one the job that i've got now not to jump ahead but someone has said to me excuse me may i ask what is your height <laughs> <laughs> um so that does still occur um, what did they want to know? Still. They just wanted to know my. They wanted to know my height, and I just said, "Oh, I just told them." <laughs> I've never even okay. thought about you being tall. It's never. It's never. I've never thought no, like, just, "Oh, yeah, you are really tall, Eva." I'm just. An, I'm the same height as you and stuff. I guess aren't you? You're a bit taller than me, but I'm not like. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm not, like seven like, two, seven three. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just. It doesn't. I don't feel tall until I'm around smaller people, mm. um, which old people tend to be. I do. I, I completely get what you're saying, though, about having to talk to old people because you just have to engage in those pleasantries that you would never, mm. ever talk about in your normal yeah. life. Um, yeah. It's always the weather. It's all, but I don't mm. know what their fascination with the weather is. Um mm. And well, you're talking about sweeping statements. That's my sweeping statement. Old people love weather, um, and, I'm, and I'll die on that hill. It's true. I'll die on that rainy hill. Because um, when I was working in a uh, calf um, on Brouncy Island National Trust calf, um, you can imagine the demographic of people we had visiting. Like a National Trust place was mm. just pretty much old people and families. And you'd have to, it, it taught, it actually taught me how to like flirt in a good way because the, uh, the old girls, they love, they love a little bit of flirting, um, especially from a younger man, because it's like, Ooh, um, so my favorite thing was if they would come to the till and they'd buy a bottle of, if there was like two, um, older women and they were like sharing a bottle of wine, I'd go, uh, can I see some ID ladies? And they'd be like, Oh, stop. I haven't been asked that in years. Like, they loved all that. Oh, um, yeah, that's it. But yeah, it's just it's just having to be like overly nice. And like you say, when do you when do they that, see... Eva? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go, oh, can I see some ID for those glasses? <laughs> hey there, yeah. youngster. <laughs> what are you doing running around with those shades on? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just yeah. I, I completely get what you mean because sometimes they were just saying sane things um yeah and you just have to be like yo yeah i guess it is like that i suppose yeah <laughs> yeah we had one lady where she came in she's like i'm so sorry that i've been this isn't my current job she, <laughs> i've been uh at a at a cafe and i smell like cooked food now and it's awful i said oh well i wouldn't mind smelling them it make me, might make me a bit peckish don't worry and she said well it won't make me peckish i think it's <laughs> so that was the wrong i'd done the wrong option yeah, on the there's, dialogue there's tree the correct that option was, yeah. or the bad option yeah <laughs> sometimes you miss and you get the bad option <laughs> yeah. you can't predict it sometimes so that, that's the nature of, of older people they're, they're unpredictable yeah. like that you know yeah they're unpredictable and there's only two outcomes good or bad <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, we, yeah. you know, we for the listeners who don't know us, um, obviously, we all know each other from uni and we did comedy together and that's how we all became friends. Mm. Do you think that when you were in uni performing and doing comedy and that kind of thing, did that become more important to you than your study or is that what you sort of cared more about? Yeah, definitely. I think that's what made me stay at uni, actually. I think probably if I hadn't joined comedy, I was sort of a bit lonely. I didn't really... The people on my course were nice, but I couldn't really connect with them very well. Um, and yeah, I was sort of thinking like, oh, I don't know if this is for me, really, because this degree is probably not going to get me very far with anything. And I'm not really I'm just going back to my room every time after lectures. Mm. And that's that. Um, so then when I went to the the, the comedy uh, society, uh, the first meeting or whatever it was. Yeah, that's when I thought, oh, actually, this is. I really enjoy this. This is all the things I really enjoyed at school doing, but without all the kind of like having to be fancy drama-y person with it, which I didn't really enjoy. So yeah, that was definitely, that became then my main focus, like the main thing that uni was about really for me. And I still look back, when I look back at uni, that is still the main thing for me rather than my degree. Yeah, oh, same that's... here. Same here. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I think completely. A lot of us, really. I don't think there are that many. I can't yeah. think of anyone actually whose degree has like massively shaped mm. post graduation life. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, yeah. but yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know you kind of felt that way about your course like early on. So it's good. I mean, yeah, I probably I mean... would have felt a bit like that as well, looking back, if I hadn't found the comedy society. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So was there? Um... And it's sort of similar question we've been asking um, people that, you know, we went to uni with was, was there a point when you were doing comedy that you felt, um, you know, this is something I could carry on doing. This is potentially a career that I could see myself doing. Yeah. When was that? I mean, I know we, like the first time we went, I went to Edinburgh and saw lots of comedy. That was good. I'm trying to think if there's a pinpointed moment. I don't, I don't know, because I've never really done it on my own, I don't think. I've only ever done sort of sketch stuff or improv stuff. I've never done stuff on my own. Um, but I think I did, I think Normal Boy was a big thing for me. Like, that was really fun. And I felt like, I'm not sure if it was at uni necessarily that I thought I could do it. I think it was afterwards, since I've been doing sort of more improv stuff out, so after uni. I think that's when that started but I still don't know if I'm 100% sure like oh this is something I could turn into a career that's my my trouble with mm. it. I'm not sure if that is still it's what I would love to be able to do but I'm not really sure I'm the right type of person to to do that like on my own um so that's still sort of up for debate I would say career-wise what would a one would woman Eva Wallace show look like Oh, I don't know. I, I did the other... <laughs> before, when we were working on this show, uh, on the Bird World show, we did a first, like, very first preview. And uh, I think you saw that. Did you see that, Jacob? No, that was a growing lab. Anyway, cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> but I had, like, little segments, and I did... Um, I did a Scylla Black impression, <laughs> which wasn't really an impression. <laughs> but that felt good. <laughs> And I think, and I we've cut her now from the show because it doesn't really make a lot of sense for the show now. But I, I have kept the wig. <laughs> kept can the we wig can we have a taste of that Silla Black impression? Uh, it was 
Hallo, So yes. in our normal yeah. boy show in 2017, one of our the sketches we were proudest of was a <laughs> was a sketch about Peter Kay. But this was back <laughs> this was back before <laughs> Peter Kay's comeback. So this was when the world was the very much ages. on a Peter Kay, yeah, like lull. Like he mm. hadn't really been seen mm. for a long time. But it, it was Peter Kay actually played quite a central role in our show because he was a kind of supernatural version of himself. Because mm. I don't know if the listener will be familiar with Peter Kay, but one of his kind of uh, recurring, you know, his very much like observational <laughs> comedy. So he'll often say like, you know, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And, he, you know, like that's a lot of it. And so we, our supernatural version of Peter Kay was able to remember everything that had ever happened or ever will happen even things that he didn't personally experience which i seem to remember and maybe i'm misremembering but because i did a philosophy degree and yeah i was studying the scottish existentialist philosopher david hume and i was writing an essay about experience so he believed that everything in our minds is either stuff we're currently perceiving or memories like that's it that's it there's mm. nothing else and so it was all about you know perception and all that kind of stuff and i'd covered the whiteboard so i'd gone to the room that we were going to have a normal boy writing meeting in and i'd <laughs> i'd gone early and i'd written loads of notes for my essay up on the board because i thought i'd do a bit of work while i was there and then when you and Sean and JG arrived, then we started writing and I, we wanted to do a sketch about Peter K anyway, I think. And then I was talking mm. about what my essay and I think collectively we thought that would be funny. Oh. So then he would start yeah. and and then this is a really long explanation. The show ended after the Peter K sketch in the middle of the show. The show ended with the four of us getting lost at sea. And then Peter Kay appears to us as some kind of mystical vision. <laughs> and I think it was Sean that came up with this line, but it was such a perfect line because I really love it in a comedy when they don't bother making a really long explanation for something. They'll just give like a really short, like funny line and that mm. will explain it. And I think Sean's character asked Peter Kay, how did you, um, how did you know that we, how did you find us here or something like that? And he just says, I remembered that I was here, and so I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was one oh, I that, that was one Peter K sketch. The other one that was just a you 
a sketch that you just mm. wrote alone was the one about uh, Noel Edmund. Oh yeah, and no, you're not. I remember yeah. no, you're not, this got yeah. this this probably because you know uh, back in the comedy society we would have sketch workshops where we'd all just get together and we'd write sketches in groups and then we'd like read the sketches out to the group and see what reaction we got. And the opening line of your Noel Edmonds sketch got the best reaction I've ever seen any sketch get in any of those meetings. Um, <laughs> the, the first, and I'm going to ask you to explain this after I say okay. it. But the opening line yeah. of your Noel Edmonds sketch was, Hello, I'm Noel Edmonds. I've got orbs on my shoulders and death isn't real. <laughs> Could you explain what that's about, please? I think, yes, I can. So I think what had happened was I'd thought, Know Your Knoll is quite a funny thing to say. Oh, Know Your Knoll, yeah. That's what it's called. And and it'll be like all these different types of knoll. So you've got Beyonce Knolls is quite a tricky one. That's a tricky one. (laughs) Um, But then I sort of thought, right, I need to know more about Noel Edmonds. So I googled Noel Edmonds. Oh, my goodness, the things you can find about Noel Edmonds. So... He, I think he he does believe that there's like orbs around him and all his shoulders and stuff, and he does think that you can like be positive. Positivity will cure illness and stuff like that. And he's got that little box that he used to cure illness, and so that's basically what him. So yeah, did the idea of this oh, orbs on his shoulders and didn't he yeah. think that the orbs were his dead parents? Or th- oh, that could yeah, be it. You that know? they that they were sort of watching over him. That could well yeah. be it. I think it might be yeah. something like that. You're right. And then he also, I think this was later in the sketch, but he also had like carried like a mannequin doll around in, with him for quite a while and had it in his car um, for some reason. I can't remember why now. Um, but yeah, there was, I think I just basically went on a big rabbit hole thing of finding out about <laughs> Noel Edmonds and thought, well, that's, that'll do. That'll be a line <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> There's a, I've just, I've just pulled up a Daily Mirror article Noel Edmonds' mm. most bizarre beliefs, uh, mm. and uh, <laughs> so it says in a 2008 interview with the Daily Express, Noel revealed that two melon-sized orbs, which he believes yeah. are his late parents, visit yeah. him. Yes. He explained, "quote They're both the size of a melon, <laughs> and one sits on my arm, and the other is over my shoulder. I like <laughs> I like to think they're my parents." Conventional photography can't pick them up, but digital cameras can. <laughs> My belief is that these are something to do with some some form of spiritual energy. And possibly because I miss my parents like mad, I like to think they are them. Oh, nice. oh, that's, that's quite it's sad not, and mental, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not hurting anyone, but it is quite but I just, sad. I'm just fascinated that he says that digital photography can pick them up so where where's the photo Noel, yeah. if you're listening i yeah, want to see like the hundreds of photos you could provide if you wanted yeah, yeah. so um how yeah. do we get onto I, that we were talking about Scylla black well, <laughs> we were talking about your yeah, Black think, thing <laughs> yeah i do have a fascination with all sort of like semi obscure but not really uh, celebrities and pop culture i do find a lot of joy in that um and I find that the easiest to to write about or become. Oh, uh, 
Well, we did a we yeah. did, there was a sketch that we only actually I was talking to someone about this recently and I I've wanted to ask someone else in Normal Boy because I think I'm misremembering something. We did a sketch about Countdown, but when Richard yeah, Whiteley yeah, <laughs> when Richard Whiteley yeah. was the host, and I think you played the yeah. ghost of Richard Whiteley or something like that, who was hosting the show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um. The thing that I don't remember is why we didn't do it again, because I'm pretty sure we only did it once, and I remember it going quite well, but for some reason we didn't do it again. I think it was very fiddly. I remember it being really fiddly, because someone had to have eyes that popped out or something like that. So that was my favourite bit of the whole thing, was the fact that Sean (laughs) played Susie Dent, but his only 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 costume for this... Was he wore glasses and into the glasses we'd put bits of paper with X's drawn on them. <laughs> <laughs> like she was a cartoon dead person. <laughs> and that detail alone was enough to make me... I remember saying to you all, like, but this is so good, we should have this in. Cause that's the kind of person I am where if there's one detail I like about it, then that saves the whole thing that's for it. me. <laughs> So, yeah, we've chatted about, uh, I mean, we bounced about quite a bit between jobs, past and present. Yeah. Um, mm. But what are you doing at the moment? So I will just say between, so I had two lots of eyes, there was boots and specs yeah. and then <laughs> I had a, about a year at a dentist's. Which I will oh, just mention. Can't yes. forget that. Yeah, let's, let's touch on that, yeah. Because that had, a, had quite a few... Stories. So t- tell us about um, working yeah, at the go, dentist. Go. So that was I was a receptionist at the dentist. So I didn't physically do as much as I was at the other places. I was at a desk all day, which was lovely. Um, but we had so that, but it meant that I had so many strange phone calls from people. Um, some of them were like most of the time they were lovely. One or two would be horrible, but then we'd get really strange ones. So the one that sticks in my head the most is one that um. So this place was like a, the place I worked at. It was like a holistic place, which really holistic should mean that you're treating the whole person, the person as a whole, and you're not sort of thinking, oh well, they've got toothache. I'm just going to drill the tooth. You're thinking, taking the whole person and and, and really incorporating their treatment. Blah, blah. But what that was sort of code word for was um, mad. <laughs> I think people thought that meant, oh, if I'm mad, then I should go here. <laughs> So we got a lot of people that would call up. <laughs> and um, the one that sticks in my head was one where she, and I can't remember, I really can't remember her name. And I think I wrote it down because I was so impressed with her name. But I for the life of me cannot remember it. But basically she was looking for somewhere because um, she worked with spirits. <laughs> she worked with spirits and she was um, had really bad toothache and had gone to the hospital and they wanted her to have like a root canal and she thought, oh no that's not any good for me <laughs> um but she thought mainly mainly the issue was the bad the spirits that she was sort of like communicating so she'd communicate for the spirits they'd talk through her and she was having to deal with some really negative spirits so she thinks that was probably what was causing the toothache <laughs> so she like basically wanted us to be able to treat her and i said i'm so sorry we can't take any new patients on at this time, <laughs> um, especially ones that are not. But she was, she was talking to me for about fifteen minutes, and the whole time my face was the—I think the happiest I've ever looked <laughs> because I was spending fifteen minutes not having to do anything other than to just listen to all this like madness on the phone. And it was great. 
I loved it when we got a long phone call like that. Yeah, and it's just a lot of like some like someone came to the dentist like for a checkup and they had no teeth and it's like, well, what what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want done here? Because <laughs> we've got no teeth. What? They didn't want anything. They didn't want any treatment. They didn't want like implants or anything like that. They just came for a checkup. <laughs> literally like, no teeth. Literally no. Like they said, they went in about twenty, like less than twenty minutes later. Out they come, and the dentist said, "I'm sorry, like, I couldn't do anything for that person. <laughs> the teeth. You need to, you need to start questioning people on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like what, the right treatment for them. So, so, so from that point on, whenever people rang up, you would yeah. say, "Right, first question: Have you got teeth? <laughs> Have you got teeth, and how many? <laughs> Enough to, to warrant a forty-five minute appointment? Otherwise, it's not worth." <laughs> yeah, there were lots of there were lots of strange. There was one that the other thing was we do implants. So like every Thursday there would be an implant um, implantologist, and that would in, that would often include like taking lots of teeth out. And so this one guy had loads of gold gold crowns on his teeth. Basically, all his teeth were like gold crowns and stuff. So they had them all taken out. And one of the dental nurses went, "Oh, look at this! We'll keep these." <laughs> so we kept them because you'd have to like take. You'd have to put them in a special bin that would then get collected and we'd get money for the gold. But that you didn't get a very good rate on it. So so basically they'd stash there was and I won't name the place, but I think there was gonna be a stashing of, of teeth gold, tooth gold. Because it, yeah, obviously needs needs math. So the gold doesn't belong to the teeth. person whose teeth this, they were on. This was the debate that I thought, you know, that was another ethical issue because they'd paid to have the gold put in, so surely that's their gold. But not and I guess when they're like out of it having the teeth pulled out they probably don't care about that. Um, that's so weird because yeah, I'm sure so that if weird. I had gold on my teeth, even if I had been out of it, you know, afterwards I'd gone, Oh, I forgot my gold, I better go back and <laughs> And get it <laughs> yeah. so that I can yeah. sell and then it. You, and then you go back to find Eva wearing a necklace of your <laughs> gold teeth. I've yeah. just got completely gold teeth. <laughs> Ding. Sorry, mate. Finders keepers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you were about yeah. to tell this story, but there's another story that I'm quite excited about from when you worked at this dentist place, which is when you had that sort of figurine. Yeah. So there was there were two figurines. I think the the porcelain one which is a bit creepy but there was most the most creepy one was a clay one that um was like this really bedraggled basically it was a clay model of this really bedraggled man holding a tray of something which we thought maybe their teeth but we're not <laughs> sure and it turns out that one of the um, patients had made this thing for one of the dentists and they'd hidden it for a while and then sort of the patient come back in and was like, oh, where's my figurine? So they had to like take the figurine out and display it again. It was covered in dust, but it would watch me from the corner. So I would be at my desk and all the way down the corridor on top of the shelf would be the figurine and it watched me. <laughs> so I had to turn it around because I didn't like it. It was horrifying. Did it ever like whisper anything to you? Uh, oh, it could have been. I suppose it could have been phoning me up. Or, like, it could have been talking to me on the phone. It, one of the spirits it inhabited horrifying. it. Yeah, yeah, it caused tooth. Um, as a as a dentist receptionist, I'm wondering if you can clear up a myth for me. Um, being mm. a fully qualified dentist yourself, um, now yeah, I yeah, yeah. when I was younger, I went to a dentist and my teeth were. Um, I mean, my teeth were all right, but they're a little bit yellow, as I feel like most people's mm. are. Um, yeah, and I remember going to the reception after bit had doing the checkup and saying to my mum like, "Oh, I think my teeth are a bit yellow. Like, I think my teeth are bad." 
And the receptionist said, no, no, that's fine. That's perfectly natural. In fact, they should be a little bit. Um, that's mm. good. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I, th- I think that means they're quite strong. You've got quite a good bit of enamel there, I think, or something like that. But they, I don't think it, yeah, it isn't bad for them to be yellow. The, the colour doesn't matter too much. Really? It's only if they're, it's only if they're, um, some, some of this yellow is like caused by staining. So like coffee things. Yeah. Like I drink a lot but of I tea. Think, so I assume that probably contributes yeah, to it. But I think it means you've got strong teeth. Yeah. I think. Got a strong set yeah. of gnashes on me. But when I, when I joined the dentist, the first thing one of the dentists said was, do you want teeth? You need teeth whitening. <laughs> and also, cause I've got fangs. I've got like vampire fangs, which are sort of my trademark. I think I wouldn't <laughs> want to do anything with them. But she was like, you need your teeth straightening and whitening. And I said, okay, <laughs> not, not the straightening, thank you, but I'll take the whitening, <laughs> which I did. It's all right, it's quite, because my teeth are very yellow as well, but um, I think it's fine. Just as long as they're not like d- decaying away in black and grey. And falling and out. Fine. As long as they're there. Falling out is a big one. Yeah. Unlike yeah. that other guy. Yeah. And as long as yeah, don't go aren't to the possessing dentist. your teeth and making them hurt. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my teeth have always like overlapped in the middle on the bottom. So like my bottom, middle, mm. bottom tooth is behind basically all the other ones. And when I was at the dentist last time, uh, I said, "Is that like should I do something about that?" And she said, "Well, you could. It would cost you about two grand, and then it would probably just go back the way it was." And I thought, "Okay, I'm not going to do that." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you probably could spend loads of money, and it won't work. But like, you know, you're cool, yeah. you're cool, mate. <laughs> my, 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 my percentage, percentage, my perception of dentists is pretty skewed because I, I wonder whether the uh, dentist that I had growing up was actually a dentist because he was. I won't say where this is, just to. <laughs> But he yeah. but, uh, he was Hungarian, I think. And every time I would go to the dentist, I'd go in and he'd put me on that, you know, chair and poke at my teeth for a bit and not say anything at any point. And then <laughs> after he'd poked at my teeth for a bit, he would just sit back and look at me and just give me two thumbs up <laughs> like that without saying anything still. And what? then my mum would just like lead me out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> And that the same thing happened every time. He never said anything, basically. And he just gave me two thumbs up every time. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't like a great brusher of teeth. I wasn't like super like hot on it. So I can't believe that my tooth, my teeth were always perfect, like no notes every time. So (laughs) there were always a two thumbs up job. Yeah. So I'm a bit worried that because I don't know, I haven't been to the dentist for a proper checkup that many times since like leaving home yeah. which is a bit bad um but i'm a bit worried that i will go to like a proper dentist at one point and they'll go oh my gosh you've been you've living had a all these since you were a yeah. child <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like with the that's very strange. teeth overlapping in the middle like that might have been something they could was... have done something about but then i might have needed braces and i wouldn't have liked that so no true I tell you what yeah. I used to hate the most about the dentist was when they would be doing that little prodding thing on your teeth, which already felt horrible. Yeah. But then oh, they would chat yeah. to the assistant, and it was like they were slagging you off in code because they'd just be like, <laughs> they'd just be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, A one, 
Um, and yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, A3. Yeah, and the assistant would be like, mm, yeah, and put it in on the computer. And I'd be like, why don't you just fucking say it to my face, mate? Like, why don't you just say that that tooth is not good? Like, Maybe they were talking about... Do you about... want to know what that is? Oh. Oh, sorry. No, no, okay. Well, I had a theory that it was the I size can... of paper that they send you letters on from... The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this one's an A5 job. Yeah. Is that, is that not news. it? That's a bad news. Put that on an A5. Is that not it either? <laughs> it's not so it turns out it's about your gums rather than your teeth so it's about how healthy your gums are and like when they prod them they're seeing like the color that they are and like the blood and if there's any like if you they touch it and it starts bleeding that's bad so mm. it's about um yeah your gum health per- periodontal yeah, that's dinosaur, isn't it? Yeah, pe- yeah. <laughs> that's what they do. They dig up, they go, ding, 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 and they see a little fossil. Like, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that Velociraptor there. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, magic's lost a bit now for me, but still, it's fine. Good to know. I can't even get into a dentist there. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. since I moved to Bristol, mm. I think every every dentist within like a five mile radius is just not accepting new patients. Yeah, we were really struggling. That was when I started. We basically had to say we can't take any new patients, and we have to keep a list. And then eventually, we started to be able to take people on like about a year later, just when I was leaving. So, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare currently. Mm. And that was a private one. That was a private, wasn't an NHS. Yeah, mad. What? So you said that was your last job before your current one? Yeah, so I was there for about a year and I was finishing, I did like an online degree. So I was doing that as well at the same time. And I finished my job in the summer so that I could finish my um, like thesis for my degree. What was that degree? That was a criminology, criminal psychology degree. Um, mask, like online mask. Okay, what made you want to do that? That was in lockdown when I sort of got a bit, went a bit mad and didn't have anything to do. And... To start with, that was really nice, but then I sort of went a bit mad and I thought I have to keep my brain occupied. And I liked sort of true crime stuff and I found it quite interesting to think about why people do things. So, yeah, I, d- I decided to do that. And then eventually that took about two years and by the end of it, I was sort of uninterested, <laughs> but I had to finish it. Um, so, yeah, that was a big, big deal. And then I was had about a, like a good few months of unemployment, six, seven months or something. Oh, I, what I can tell you about as well was during that, like after that unemployment, after my I left the dentist, I took a job that for about two months, and it was the worst. That was the worst job I've ever had. Okay. I don't want to derail the conversation. We need but to that hear all about awful. that. So this is the weirdest job I've ever had, and the worst one. Um, and it was basically yeah, I it was advertised as um work from home like over the phone admin assistant for healthcare stuff and I thought well I can do that I've done the reception job so it turns out it's a massive call center and all all I was basically doing the whole time I was there was answering the phone so you'd be like their call would be diverted to us as the company and I was working from home and I'd have to answer the phone and pretend that I worked at like a tree cutting company that I'd never heard of or had ever seen the name of before and it came up on the screen saying stump for you or whatever <laughs> and i had to read that out. and they did it phonetically so you could quickly go hello something you were and you had a list of rules that you'd have to follow um and all you ha- you'd never seen this company before didn't know what it was but you had these little list of rules that you'd have to quickly like scan while all these people would take these people were telling you their name and it was horrible it was awful because i'd get questions like oh sorry when when you were uh, open till I had no information about when they were open to us. I had to say, I don't know, probably about four. <laughs> what? Uh, is Sally in the office? 
uh, read the instructions. Um, no, Sally. No, sorry, Sally's not here today. Um, oh my god, Sally's not like here today. Like a virtual today. call I'll, I'll center. I'll leave a message. Yeah, and you, but there were some places that were specifically like in big letters on their information sheet when you got a call from this call to this place would say, "Do not ever let them know that you are a, a an op- like a call operator. You're answering machine service. Basically, you have to pretend that you work there." Whoa. And so you have to like make up all this stuff like on the fly about like these people that you hadn't heard, you never knew, and this company that you'd only just found out existed today. And the one of the worst bits of it was I kept getting calls to the same guy called I won't say his first name, but his surname was Diamond, <laughs> Mister Diamond, <laughs> and I kept getting calls to Mister Diamond's office. And it was, it was every, it was be, it'd be three times a day, every day for about two months. Saying, uh, this is such and such insurance company. Can we speak to Mr. Diamond, please? This is very important. It's very urgent. Uh, or such and such company. This is the last call for Mr. Diamond because he's not paid his bills. <laughs> so there'd be all these different bills. And to start with, I managed to like get, we'd like hear from Mr. Diamond every so often saying like, oh, thanks. You're doing a great job. That's fine. But then I stopped hearing from Mr. Diamond. Everyone stopped hearing from Mr. Diamond. I got a call from Mr. Diamond's landlord saying, I haven't heard from Mr. Diamond. <laughs> What's going on? So then, obviously, I just assumed, oh, Mr. Diamond's uh, faked his own death to escape all of these insurance companies. That was, oh, it was horrible. It was really stressful. And it was like improvising, but in a horrible way and lying to people constantly. So I'm, I'm a bit confused. So you would protect, so... It's like they're calling up the company to ask them a question about something or like customer service and yeah. you're just pretending to work in the office and answer yes. the phone. And yes, and all you can say really is, unless the rules are otherwise, all you can say is, oh, I'm so sorry, that person's not in the office at the moment. Can I take a message for them? Which most of the time people are like, oh, that's fine. But then they say, no, why can't, can you not just get them to call me when I, like, can you not just like pass me on to someone else? And I had no capacity to do that. I only had a certain amount of numbers that I could transfer through to or whatever. So yeah, you'd, so it got really confusing for my poor brain because I'd, I, the company was called, what the company I personally worked for was called One Thing, but I had to pretend like, but every call I got through for that amount of time, I was on that strange random company's time. So I, technically i was being employed by them for 30 seconds it was that was their that was their way of like saying that it was legit and that was fine it was such a strange so, thing so I like if you're a small company that doesn't want to hire any staff then you just go yes. okay i can pretend that i have staff yes start pay a absolutely. monthly subscription or something and it will go through absolutely to that some is, yeah that was mental. it I mean, that was exactly obviously it. you hear of big companies outsourcing call centers to different countries because it's cheap labor but i've never mm. known there to be a company which just pretends to be the call center for any old like business that will sign up to them I think it happens way more than I realised. I think I must have, the amount of times I must have called somewhere and you hear it click and then it carries on ringing. That's it going out to a, a company like the one I worked for. And they'll get someone to, you'll get someone answering, but they will be very, very vague and say, sorry, someone will call you back. And it's just, right. I never realised that's what was going on. But yeah, that's probably what it is. That is um, bizarre. Yeah, it's horrible. Peace I felt so like, weird doing it. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. I don't, I don't recommend 
No, definitely not. I mean, the call call center work is just degrading. Speaking from experience, it's just, it sucks the life out of you. It really is horrible. And they timed us. Everything was timed. So Mm -hmm. if you opened up a web page, you have to time, like write a thing saying, I'm opening up a web page, start a timer and then open up a web page and then stop the timer. (laughs) And then you get paid for 15 seconds of opening a web page. (laughs) It was like, you'd have to stop your work timer when you went to the loo and then come back. And it was just like... Yeah, it was horrible. It was bizarre. So you did so, that for, a, what, a couple of months, you said? A couple of months, and then I quit, and I said, I'm so sorry. I was in my probation still. I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm not good for it. Yeah. So I quit, and then luckily, because I thought, oh, God, this is another long term in employment ahead of me, but luckily um applied for this job in London at uh, another opticians, like fancy opticians, basically, and got it like within a few days. So, yeah, nice. it was good. And that's where you are now? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a very fancy one. I'm not fancy, but the place is fancy. That's um, like an independent one. And it's one of the, it's like near Harley Street, basically. So you get all sorts of fancy people coming in. Um, I've been to one of them once because my former employer paid for eye tests. And when I realised this, I thought, I'll treat myself and I'll go to... (laughs) Like one of those independent ones rather than to Specsavers. Yeah. And I felt like I didn't belong there. And also, that was the first and only time. Because you know, like we talked earlier about when they blow onto your eye with that machine. I I cannot emphasize enough how much I'd never heard of that concept or until (laughs) I went to this place. And then... I'm pretty wimpy with eyes anyway. So like when I was little, I couldn't even... There was a couple of times I had to have eye drops and I could not do it. My mum would have to like hold me down mm. and I and mm. I would still be going... And like squinting and like shaking and trying to... Like I just could not do it. And then I was having this eye test because all I'd ever had was the kind of like, is this special or is this better? Or yeah. is this special? You know, that kind of thing. But then she got this weird looking machine out and held it up to my face. And I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, obviously you're quite prone in that kind of situation. You just mm. you just let it happen. And she was like, just look into this. Uh, I think you have to focus on a dot or something, don't you? And so like, yeah. just focus on this mm-hmm. for me. And I was going, okay. And then it was like, boom. And I went, <gasps> Like, what the hell was that? And this horrible, like, burst. And I felt like I was under attack. It felt really, (laughs) it felt really horrible. And then the whole rest of that. So I was thinking I'm never coming to a fancy optician again because, you know, I was thinking maybe that's only something they do in fancy opticians. Yeah, I've never heard of that either, to be honest. But I I was sort of just going along with what you guys said. But I've never never had that done either. The sickest thing I ever had was, sorry, Eva, the sickest thing I ever had was Specsavers had a machine where you would stick your head in it and it tested your peripheral vision. And it was like you strap your head in and it felt like a video game because it was like... um, all around your peripheral there was little green dots that would flash up and you had to click a button every Mm -hmm. time you saw a dot and obviously i was like okay gamer boy activated um (laughs) and smashed it got like 40 out of 40 um but that was sick that was really cool oh i have to do so many of those um yeah, I have to do something. They they don't do the pressure, the puff of air. They don't tend to do like get specsavers and stuff like that. They won't do that unless you're over thirty. So they probably wouldn't have done that for you. That's probably why. Mm. But yeah, those that that feels test. I I did one the other day. I had to do like 
get it ready for someone to do one I have to stand there while they're doing it and they were doing the worst that I'd ever seen anyone do a, a test and I had I was getting really worried because this is like they couldn't see anything and I thought oh I've done something wrong like something wrong with the machine but it hadn't I hadn't done anything wrong and then it turns out because I was worried about it the whole day turns out they were there for a medical legal basically a referral they, they needed the appointment for a medical legal legal referral and they were essentially hamming up. <laughs> they said that they'd fallen over and hurt their head and that they couldn't see anymore, which the optician found out was not true. <laughs> oh, wow. They'd like, they found out they could see eventually. And so they were hamming up that they couldn't see anything in this test. And I, it was, I'd spent like 20 minutes <laughs> with this person trying to get it. And it was lying to me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Playing the game. Let's move on to the final bit of the episode now, where we talk about um, your dream job. So mm. right off the bat, do you actually, as of now, have a job that you think about as your dream job? My dream job, I think, is still actually to do with animals. I do think it would be running some kind of animal rescue. And whether that would be something where I, yeah, I don't, I'd have to sort of win a lot of money to start with <laughs> and then run the animal rescue but that would be my dream job currently is to have like little animals that i rescue and look after well either we have the power to give you that dream <gasps> so money what? money's not money's not an object in this okay great um, one thing i'd be interested to explore though is obviously you mentioned that you did your criminology um mm. degree yes. whether we could bring that in and um make it almost like a like a crime fighting aspect oh yeah oh i'd love that and i hate injustice and i hate sort of injustice towards mm. animals so that would be a very good one i could start fighting people that are mean to animals and and taking them away like the rspca mm. like the yeah. paramilitary wing of yes. the rspca rogue rogue rspca yeah I remember we used to live next door to someone that wouldn't look after their dog, but they'd put food and water for them and they'd had shelter, but they didn't, they weren't you know, very nice to the dog. But because they had food, water and shelter, the RSPCA couldn't do anything. Whereas mm. as a vigilante, I would, I would be able to do something. <laughs> say, you know, let's say you've got, we give you the money, so you're able to mm. buy a nice bit of land somewhere mm. um, and set up a sanctuary. So obviously, mm. normally, if you've got an injured animal coming in, you take the injured animal in, you care for it, that's it. But in this, the animal arrives, and as well as caring for it, then you're thinking, okay, we need to get to the bottom of what happened here. <laughs> yeah. How did this happen? And it's then a you, case. yeah, and then maybe you, yeah, you, like you have the initial, you know, like you care for the animal, you hand it over to some nurses that work on your yeah. sanctuary, yeah. and then you put on your like police jacket and you get in your car and you're yes. like right i'm off to solve what happened here yes oh that's so good yeah that's ideal i can Would solve you, a little mystery do you want do you want a badge and a gun uh, i'll have a badge you don't i'll have a, gun. a badge i don't what else could i have with it? i don't know if I'd, I'd be a bit scared of the gun i think what I'd if it a wasn't a real gun but it just was like <laughs> to make people think you had a real what if, what oh, if yeah. it was a gun so, that shot uh, dreamies or like dog biscuits. <laughs> yeah, so right. you could, you, yeah, yeah, I love that. So when the dogs come in, you could be like, stick them up and just shoot dog biscuits at them. Poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you can turn this, you can change the setting. So the default is that, you know, like a dog treat will just, you know, slip out the end, but you can mm -hmm. like 
crank up the speed so that actually <laughs> it becomes like a bullet. So you can actually even shoot yeah. someone. Like the rubber bullets they use in riots. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dog biscuit. You actually just shoot like a like you know, you find someone who's been like killing animals or something, shoot him and he's got like a dog biscuit shaped hole going through him where you just like calling like... cards, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I love that. I'd be very happy with that. What would your like uniform be like? Would it be like a kind of police uniform? I'm imagining epaulettes mm. and it would be quite kind of like... Oh, really? Or, yeah, I, I don't know what you think. I was immediately imagining uh, a trench coat. Oh, I was yeah. immediately yeah. imagining my, my, a trench coat. My mind went to a dusty trilby. trench coat, yeah. Yeah. A little like an trilby. L.A. L- L- Noir yeah. style like, yeah. detective, yeah. Yeah. A cigar, we... but I would never light it. Because I know, again, from another, was it, it might have been a normal boy sketch where you play uh, a noir detective, I think. Oh, So I yeah, know that, that you can do the the voice. What would your... That's my go-to voice. What would your um, animal detective in a um, trench coat voice be? Uh, was it? I gotta go avenge those... Hang on. Okay. <laughs> uh, those cats, I gotta go avenge the cats. <laughs> it was a cold and stormy night. <laughs> I don't know, something along those lines. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> like a proper well. Columbo, like when you confront oh, yeah. the. And when another you conf- thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's just one detail <laughs> I'm missing here. <laughs> there's a paw print right here, and I'm not sure where it came from. Yeah. That would you be perfect. Mean- would you exact justice against animals as well as humans? So say you had a, a cat mm. come in that had been injured and you investigated and you realised it was because a dog had like attacked it or something. Would oh, you I... then arrest the dog or is it only <laughs> humans that you're going after? No, I think we can't blame animals for their nature, but I can blame the owners. And okay, all... right. And I will arrest them. <laughs> and are we? Yeah, are we? Are we thinking that you you you've got police powers in that sense that you yeah, can arrest people? They've given me the city to the key, mm. the key to the city. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they've given me um, yeah. Any, I'm sort of. I am a Batman. I think. I think yeah. I'm a, it's a Batman situation. Yeah. They're just glad it's something's been done. Um, and I've. I've yeah. Are there any animals that you would refuse to treat? Like, are there any any animals that you don't particularly like that you wouldn't be interested in investigating? Or are you pretty much like a friend to the whole animal kingdom? I do love all animals, but I'm worried. I honey badgers scare me. <laughs> And I don't think okay. I would treat a honey badger. <laughs> Why well, specifically I honey badgers? Because they can turn around in their own skin. So if you hold them <laughs> by their scruff, what? they just turn around anyway. <laughs> what are you talking hold about? <laughs> what do you mean? They can turn around in their own skin. <laughs> if, you know, if, you know, if you hold an animal by its scruff, it's like sort of like dangling there. It can't really move. Yeah. Yeah. If you held a honey badger by its scruff, it would be able to move anyway it just is it just can move in its own skin i really so don't it's want to almost have to... so it's almost like its skin's not attached to it it can sort of kind move of. i it, think that's it's kind fur, of it. i guess it can sort of move inside of itself if you get what i yeah, mean yeah it's it's so got such like it's so i mean hang, hang on loose like I if i if i moved around in my own skin like if my like the, all, my, all of my innards and bones and everything were able to move independently of my skin and i like started like turning <laughs> 
to face backwards while my skin stayed the same way. Like my eyes would move out of position and everything. Like, like that's what I'm struggling to imagine here. Like you're I holding do, a honey yeah. badger by the scruff of its neck, and like it's I think like I've worded it incorrectly. It's a bit like it's in a bag, <laughs> and the thing that's in the bag yeah. just starts moving around. So then, like yeah. its skull is where its like you know back would normally be. <laughs> It can't be that, can it? No. It must still be able to see, to bite. But I don't know how... I can't think of how it... I, 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 that is fact, it's a fact that has never left me. Yeah, so it says here, its skin functions as a loose set of garments for the animal to move around in. <laughs> what? So it's almost like... It, so it's almost like the skin is like a jacket that it's wearing. It's not actually attached to it. <laughs> I've just found oh, a YouTube dear. I've just found a YouTube video called An Animal Nobody Wants to Mess With. <laughs> yeah, see? See? I would, okay. I would let they someone else. To, to be fair, that. they are terrifying. Yeah. I, I really think that when we release this, we're gonna have to post a link to that video just so that, <laughs> I feel like more confused than I've ever been in my life. So <laughs> I feel like the listeners are gonna really wanna know what's going on here. Okay, so you have a Ah, oh, here's some, here's something for you. So let's say that someone out in the world has caught a honey badger and has been holding it up mm. by the scruff of its neck, and the honey badger accidentally like puts itself back to front inside its own skin. So like yeah. it's you know its rear end is where it's it's in its head skin and <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. If yeah. then and then it got stuck like that and it showed yeah. up to your animal <laughs> vet, would you treat it? <laughs> Yeah. And you can just hear the honey badger inside itself going, oh god, spin, spin me back round, Eva. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, I'd have to help it. Yes, I would. I'd be scared the whole time, but I couldn't deny that. <laughs> At least then you don't have to do an investigation because obviously it did it to yeah. itself. Yeah, so case you just, closed, I yeah, think. Yeah, case closed, yeah. don't do it again. Here's a lollipop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off your truck. <laughs> don't bite me. Don't turn around in your own skin again. <laughs> I prescribe you not turning around in your skin. <laughs> don't turn around in your skin like they're loose garments. Don't do that. How... <laughs> How are you? How are you with uh, creepy crawlies, like spiders and things? I'm fine if they're in. If I'm aware of them and I'm in their space and that I know that they're around me, I get a bit worried if there's a surprise one because I worry that I'm going to squish it or something like that. Okay, but once right. I woke up in the morning with a grasshopper on my head and I didn't like that very much. But that was my, that was a lot to do with the fact I thought I could have rolled over and squished this grasshopper and then I'd have killed the grasshopper. So no, I like I like creepy crawlies most okay. of the time I'm not fly, flies aren't great I don't like flies to be honest but, mm. but uh, that's probably about it where like if you know this bit of land that you've got this this place on mm. uh, if you could pick anywhere for that to be where would it be it would have to be Wales I have to go back to Wales and have a lovely nice. land in Wales Brecon Beacons yeah. Brecon Beacons it'd be a bit hilly but it'd be alright yeah. I'd find a nice stretch of land yeah Little cottage in the Brecon Beacons that'd be lovely. Oh, that's nice. Are there any Welsh mm. animals or any animals that are only in Wales? Oh, there's a the whole thing about red kites, which 
basically they were down to like the last few breeding pairs and they managed to um, bring them back from the brink in Wales, in Powys, with the county where I used to live. So we used to see a lot of red kites and stuff. What I think they're, they're pretty much every. They're um oh I've got a necklace with a red kite on but you can't see that but it's a bird of prey basically um with a kite sort of forked tail that's quite recognisable. Um, oh they're wow, very beautiful, they're gorgeous. They, yeah, I'm just looking so them up. Yeah. Jordan, you were, you pick, were you imagining right now, a kite but... as in the toy? A, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a big red kite. Beautiful, majestic animal. <laughs> yeah, the red. So you were the sitting there kind. thinking that I'd asked Eva what animals are native to Wales, and she said, "Oh, you know, like a children's <laughs> yeah. kite." Yeah, like kites and hot air balloons and stuff like that. Really. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out Eva thinks that kites are alive. Yeah, this whole time I'm just trying to do a sanctuary for like, sand castles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, kites would be really scary if they're if they were alive because there's something about they're quite unpredictable anyway. Like I remember I when I was kites. Yeah, when I was quite young, someone told me a story about like someone having their legs cut off by Ooh. a kite at the beach or something. And ever since then oh, I've wanted to that stay. Sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. But you know, when I was six and someone told me that and I had no reason to doubt it. I've stayed pretty yeah. far away from any kites I've seen ever since. Mm. If they were alive. I don't like the idea of something being alive and shaped like a diamond. Apart from Mr. <laughs> diamond. Yeah, Mr. Diamond. <laughs> he yeah, a, maybe he was a kite. <laughs> maybe that's why he wasn't responding so, to any... So hard to pin down. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned that you have some staff, like some nurses and things. Mm. Do they? Do you have kind of like peasants' cottages on the outskirts of your land that they live in? Or do they just come, turn up for the beginning of the shift and go again? Whatever they like, really. I, if I don't, I don't really want to be friends with them. Yeah. I'd rather not be friends with them. As nice as I'm sure they are, I'd rather not have to sort of force myself to have friends. Okay, you probably would rather that they had their own houses somewhere else and they just turned yeah. up to work. Okay. Yeah, we, we can could arrange have like that. a Cadbury's situation going on, but just oh, yeah. a bit further away. Yeah, like a little if they town. Wanted to. Are you imagining yeah. that this is like up a hill? So when you're in your cottage on the actual like place itself you can look out the window and look down the hill on the town with all your employees in it and yes i <laughs> and like you're that, the I queen <laughs> yes and i sit on my big chair yeah. yes i like that too wear a little crowd <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like ellen degeneres like you they may not look you in the eyes when they're <laughs> yeah. you look after my animals and we do a good show but that's it yeah <laughs> Do you feel yeah. like with this current job that we've given you, is it is it meeting all of your needs? Um, is there any uh, is there any aspects of your life that you feel like haven't been covered by this job? I would still like to do some comedy, I think. So I think I would have to do um, a little show for the either for the animals, like in front of the animals, or like a benefit night that oh, raises money, yeah. money for yes. the animals. I think that would be nice. Like having, like having like one a month, I think would be good enough for me. So or, would, would, like, would, or less than. Yeah, would you like it then? Like you're able to do regular, like you know, comedy shows where all the proceeds go to your charity, and that is enough money to sustain your oh, charity yeah. just by itself. Yeah, that'd be great. I get some big names on, but also uh, friends and things. What big names would you get on? I was just thinking that actually because I'm not sure how many big names I like. Um, Michael McIntyre? No. 
second time we've slagged off michael mcintyre on this podcast it, <laughs> so you wouldn't have michael mcintyre um no. what like what what would be your first like well-known acts that you'd have do your benefit mm. show I, I quite like more american com- comics and stuff i think i'm not sure if i like any of the british ones i'm just trying to Oh, really? well, Rip, you don't like well, any Vic and Bob. British I'd have Vic and Bob. I'd make sure they'd. Oh. I'd have Vic and Bob. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'd do. And yeah, I think uh, I might just be misremembering, but I think Bob Morsmer does do. Yeah, does ca- like animals, cat charities he? and stuff. Yeah, he does a lot for that. Yeah. So Vic, he would be well up for that. I think Jim Moyer, Vic's retired now from comedy, but I'd get him back. It'll be fine. He'd do that. <laughs> You'd get him out of retirement. Yeah, he likes birds and stuff. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't we all leave? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Could we also incorporate the crime fighting aspect into it, where mm. um, maybe for some of the shows, you could set it up like a sting operation, <gasps> where you uh, maybe the people that you're after or that you are known to you as being animal abusers, yeah. you could invite along. Under the pretense of like, oh, this is, we're just doing a show, free show, come along. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, you're doing the show and then the big reveal is that the police vans pull up <gasps> behind. Yes. And you're like, send them to the clink, boys. And everyone applause. <laughs> and they're going, yeah. yeah. And, and just a follow-on question, out of all of the well-known comics that you know, which one do you think is most likely to be a secret animal abuser? <laughs> 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 What's the no Keith Hole Keith Hole the one that was with Emu? Which one's the one with Emu? That Rod Hole. Rod Hole. Yeah. <laughs> Is he gone now? Probably him. I think <laughs> yeah, so. Rod Hole's dead. Yeah. That's all right then. Him. He's dead. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So are you are you saying that he abused Emu? Yeah. Well, yeah I think his fucking that... hand up in didn't he? I think well, he I mean. I, uh, we might be reading the situation differently, but I'm pretty sure that Emu is the one that was abusing him in but most cases. You've got Have to... you not seen like when he threw him into a f- chest freezer <laughs> in a supermarket? You've got to question why, though. Why is he doing that? Why is he acting out? What's the motive for, for yeah. Emu to be doing that? Well, th- that's the thing, because, you know, like you take Staffies um, as a breed. They've mm. got such a bad reputation for being violent dogs. Every Staffie I've known has been like soft yeah. as butter it's the owners, um, it? and it's just the owners isn't it yeah. that make them violent make them aggressive so say that rod rod needs to have a long hard look at himself mm. well i mean he can't now but yeah. um he needs to have a rod hole look at himself <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it> does. <laughs> nice nice <laughs> so mm. let me recap then your mm. your dream job okay, so yeah. uh we give you however much money you need you buy a nice plot of land mm-hmm. in brecon beacons mm-hmm. in wales yeah Land of your forefathers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you um, set up kind of like I guess it's a vet, like it's like I want to say animal sanctuary, but it's more than that. It's like an actual veterinary practice a with an animal sanctuary. Yeah. A rehabilitation, yeah. like rehab, but you know, but, yeah. you know, no, not like rehab actually. <laughs> a rehabilitation center for animals. Mm-hmm. So you know uh, the the door will open. I imagine it's like a garage door. Maybe mm-hmm. opens and like an anim- animal ambulance comes in, <laughs> yeah. and like a I don't know, like a sloth on a gurney gets pulled out, <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. sloth has a broken leg. Move it onto the table. 
um, you start to treat it, and then when it becomes clear maybe that the sloth isn't like mortally injured, mm. you you go okay to your staff, the nurses. You take it from here. I'm yeah. I need to go and find out what happened here. So you yeah. go put on your trench coat. Yeah. Get in your police car. Mm-hmm. What kind of police car? Definitely no roof. I don't want a roof. <laughs> yeah. Um because I want to be able you to You want a convertible. Yeah, I want a convertible. A convertible and it... police car. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of that. I want it to be very low to the ground and only two <laughs> seats in it. Basically. I want the sports car. One for you and one for the perp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be right next to them the whole time. The perp. <laughs> sitting right beside you. Yeah, really uncomfortable. So you right. You uh, and you have all the powers of a constable and more. And more, yeah. They let um, me do you what drive, I need to do. You <laughs> you drive to the scene of the sloth injury, mm-hmm. and then you carry out an investigation. You've got a gun that fires dog <laughs> treats. Yes. Can I, the default setting is it just fires them out. You know, it goes bloop, onto the ground, and then the dog can eat mm-hmm. them. You can crank it all the way up so you can fire a dog treat so hard. It can punch a dog biscuit-sized hole in a man. That's only for if you really need it. Yeah. If you if you run into a real wrong'un. <laughs> and are you imagining that these that these investigations, you know, potentially they could take you all around the world. You know, you might have to travel to other countries to pursue the investigation. Are you imagining is that kind of deal? Well, I mean, I'd be happy to. Yeah, actually, I hadn't considered yeah. that, but yes, I would be happy to. That'd be a nice way to see the world as well. You pursue these people to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. When you've exacted justice, mm-hmm. you come back and you sit, I imagine, in a rocking chair by yeah. a big window at the yeah. top of this hill in your cottage. And you look down at a nearby town <laughs> full of your employees yes. that you've built. So they're far away from you, but you can still watch over them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you happy with this job? Either? Yeah, I really like it. And then. Don't forget the honey badger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would it would you be worried if that honey badger scenario that we talked about happened about once a month oh once a month yeah would that bother you because there's a, a lot of honey badgers in wales right. i've heard so it's that not are <laughs> inverting themselves within their own skin it and they they need a hero either yeah as long as it's not the same one that's not listening to my advice <laughs> that's fine like, i suppose it, i can do that but if it was the same one i'd get a bit annoyed actually about okay, you want the feeling that even though it's inconvenient, you're reforming these honey yeah. badgers. And, and I'm hoping okay. that as they have honey badger babies, they'll teach their babies not to do that <laughs> as well. Okay. Eventually. Okay, yeah, I think but we I can do that for you. Okay, thank yeah. you. All right, well, are you going to happy to shake on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Well Perfect. done, congratulations. Thank you so much. You got guys. the job. Oh, you got the job. You when can you start? Uh, right away, right now. I'm on a train. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good well thanks eva this oh, has no, been very you. fun yeah i fun. have learned a lot about honey badgers in particular <laughs> and various other things yeah eyes teeth honey badgers that's what <laughs> the name of your autobiography yeah. <laughs> eyes teeth honey badgers <laughs> a life of color by eva Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much for coming on me it's been really oh, fun you're thanks for having me Honey, I'm Badger. <gasps> Jacob, you're back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I that whole bit with the honey badgers, I have to say, and several other bits in that 
I I wasn't sure. Like I left when I was editing it. I left all of the laughter in, but the laughter went on for a long time, quite yeah. often. I, a couple of times, I was thinking, should I, you know, just to keep it a bit tighter? Should I bring it down? But oh my gosh, I had to leave it in because that she'd bring up honey badgers at all was funny, and then the fact that she thought that they were a bag containing a skeleton yeah. that was the real honey badger. Yeah, I <laughs> just the image of that really really made me squirm a bit um but every yeah. day's a school day every day's a school day did it make you want to crawl out of your own skin um it did if only it wasn't bloody attached to me <laughs> unlike, unlike a honey badger where, where the skin is not attached apparently well um as you may remember from the intro jordan is a very sickly tired boy <laughs> Um, and because we're very organised, we recorded the intro and outro on the night of Sunday, the 12th of November, which is the day before the episode was released. So it might be yesterday from your point of view, if you're listening to it on the day of release. Well, it would be yesterday. <laughs> so um, I think we should go to bed, or at least Jordan should. I've got to edit this intro and outro now. So that's good. Uh, well, no rest know. for the wicked. <laughs> No, and before you get yourselves all tucked up in, in your Jimmy Jams um, with your nice glass of milk, why not give us a like, give us a rate, give us a review on any uh, podcast platform that you're listening to us on um, and check out the socials as well. Careers Med Podcast, um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, go check us out. Um, watch it in bed. And then um, sort of hold your phone above your face whilst you're watching it. And then, and then your phone can fall out of your hand. And as it hits your face, your nose can hit the like button. Yeah, if you give us a five-star review with your nose, that's actually a, a 25-star review when you mm. think about it. Yeah. So give it a try. Give it a go. <laughs> yeah, why not? And we'll be back on, and I always forget to work out what the next date is, we'll be back on the 27th of November for episode 7 with a new special secret exciting guest. It's going to be a very fun episode. We've already recorded it, so we know it is. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, then we've got uh, episode 8, and then we've got the Christmas special. Which you are not going to want to miss. That is a real peach. But yeah, um, yeah, we've got two very exciting. I can't believe we've only got two episodes between now and the Christmas special. That doesn't seem right. It's come round quick. It's come, it's round, come quick. round quick. Don't even want to think about Christmas, babe. Don't even remind me. Don't. I can't even think about it. <laughs> and on that impression, we leave you <laughs> with a little bit more music. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.